So one of the things as I began, to, we was in prayer, just kind of give you a backdrop. When we were in, uh, uh, when we were going through the fast, uh, you know, oftentimes when you've been on a fast for 21 days, if you if you're anything like me, once you've gotten through the hard part, you kind of get nervous when it's time to come off the fast. Because for me, I'll just give an example. I feel so spiritually sensitive to the spirit of God and God's presence. Then, you know, I just don't want to let my hair down and return back to the things in which God had tried to you know, drive out of you. And so if you're not very careful, we can come out of the fast and, and, and declare end of a thing. And God is trying to establish a beginning of a thing. Is that making sense? And so I just believe that it's really important that we understand it. And so for me, it becomes a struggle because I'm like, God, I don't want to return back because there are some things that you broke off my life when I was in the fast. And I just don't want to go back to a, a reckless eating habits or, or run back to TV or because I just believe that God is trying to push us further. And if we're not very careful, we can get comfortable in the place and we can just drop things and run back to the things of old. And God said, that's not my desire for you I'm trying to push you forward Does that makes sense so I, I really need us to understand that because if not we if you haven't already started to do so you probably already you know you're going back to eating things that you you know wasn't right for you and you start watching shows that you know that were you know what I mean? And so I think about Jesus and the Bible talk about Jesus when he was fasting in the, in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. It was the beginning of his launching and it was not an end. And so when he came out of fasting, he came out full steam ahead. And so I believe that God in 2017 is trying to get our attention that when we leaving, as we're coming out of this fast, war a warning to us that we don't slip back to a comfortable place. We got to stay in the place of pressing because God is trying to move us somewhere. Amen. And so I think that's, that's important that we understand that premise. And another backdrop I need us to understand before we get ready to pass out the lesson is this. This house has a mantle for several things. And so when I mean mantle, it means it has a special grace and anointing upon this house. And when we don't, when we really don't understand the grace and the anointing in the house, we don't. Sometimes we'll, we'll misunderstand why we're here or why God sends certain people to the house. And so, just in case you don't know, there's a leadership mantle upon this house. So let, let me let me let me just kind of break it down to you. And so, a lot of the people in this house are either in a place of leadership, in a place of advising leadership in a place of establishment of policy, in a place of influence. And if you haven't gotten to that place yet, you have a grace on your life for great leadership. So I need you to really understand that. So there's a grace, so there's a calling for leaders. And when God calls leaders to the house, you're only effective as a leader. Uh, you're, you're, you're really only effective as the people that follow you. So a leader can't really be a leader if you ain't got nobody following you. And so what I'm telling you is that if you're in this house and God has given you assignment to this house, you've been called to leadership if you don't already see it. And so there's a great grace and that's why there's attraction of leaders in this house. Because that's, our, that's part of our assignment here in this region. Okay, now let's get ready to get the, uh, the papers. You can pass out the papers now. Okay, now as they're passing out the papers. Yes, sir. You, all clear, all clear. 
as they pass out the papers. One of the things that I come to realize is that we, as Christians, we get excited about a lot of stuff. And there's nothing wrong with being excited about a lot of stuff because the joy of the Lord is our strength. But sometimes I think our excitement, if we're not very careful, could cause us to be limited in our ability to have the fullness of what God has for us. And what I mean by that is, so I, I, I'll premise this, 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 this gift right here. And so many times our salvation or our relationship with God is like a gift. And it's wrapped very nicely and it's wrapped in a way, and you're excited that you got a gift. And, 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 and you know, if, we just had Valentine's Day yesterday, and so if you didn't get a gift, no, I'm going to leave that alone. And so, but we get excited because we got a gift. And so what we'll do in, when, when it comes down to, 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 to our relationship with God, God said, I've given you the gift of salvation. I've given you the gift of the Holy Ghost. I've given you the gift of joy and peace and all these other things. And we're just excited about just simply having a gift. And so many of us would take the gift and go sit the gift on the shelf. And we'll run around and we'll be excited because we do have a gift. You, you are saved. God did deliver you. God did heal you. And you have that gift. But the gift is only effective if you want open it. A lot of times, there's a lot of things that God is doing in our life, but we never took the time to unwrap some stuff. So we, 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 we'll learn about the Holy Ghost. We've been learning about love. We've been learning about the character. And so we get the gift and we'll, we'll shout about the gift. But we never really, see a gift is really not a, an effective gift unless you, you unwrap it. So let me unwrap it a little bit. Hold on. I'm getting somewhere. Y'all gonna, so. You didn't even know I had a, uh, and so, and so you unwrap it. And so you're excited about the box and the box is great. And, and, and so, and so you got saved and, and, and things are changing, but the gift still is not an effective gift unless you, now after you've taken the time to unwrap this thing in the spirit, God is trying to unwrap some things in your life. Yes, you saved. Yes, yes, yes. God is blessing with a new job, but why? And why did you give me this gift? Why did you give me this position? Why did you take me through what you took me through in order? And so a gift is only effective. We can get shot about it. We can be gifted in singing. But if we don't really understand the why. So I open it up and look, lo and behold, inside the gift is a watch. And so and so the watch is only effective is what? If I use it, I got to put this thing on. And so, so many times, I believe we come in here Sunday after Sunday, we get excited about the word, which is a gift, but we never take the time to unwrap. We never take the time to open because God is trying to bring us to a deeper level of heights and depths that we have to understand. We never take the time to pull the gift out and actually put it on. 
Because God to give a will pray to God for a lot of things. But if we never put it on and we never use the gift, what good is it? Does that make sense? Now, I know you, it's nice to look at. So we got a lot of gifts on the shelf with dust on it. And so God is trying to tell us, we got to dust this stuff off because you got to use it. And so many of us have gifts that are locked up on the inside of us. And we allow the gift, we allow being comfortable trying to slip back into the old habits before the fast to cause there to be a collection of dust upon our lives. And God said, no, 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 not so, not this year. We break in that cycle because I don't know about you, but when you've done it time and time again, you look forward to it. You say, well, I did it last year and this year. I'm just going back. I'm just being real with you. And so you'll slip back to where you used to be. God said, no, that's not the case this year. Because if you truly, uh, if you really look at what God is doing, God is causing a shift in this house. Have you seen the turnover in this place? There's a lot of people that every Sunday, there are people that are committing their lives to say, hey, I want to join this ministry. Every, every Sunday. Have you seen? You, you know that. Every Sunday. You know why? Because I don't know if you realize, but we, we're moving in April. I'm getting somewhere. We're moving in April. And so whenever there was a time for a move in the book of Exodus, that's what we're going to be coming out of. God said, I will visit them by cloud by day and fire by night, which is symbolic of a transition. In other words, God said, I was getting ready to move my people out of one place to another place. And they could not get to that place unless God had to visit them in the place of Egypt. Now, help me, Holy Ghost. So, one of the things, so tonight is not going to be my only night, just so you know. I'm just trying to lay the foundation so we can understand where God is trying to take us. Before I even dive into it, just, I just wanted you to take a real quick inventory on the messages that God has been sending to us as a church. So in Sunday school, we've been talking about joy, powerful, about the joy of the Lord. In Bible study, we've been talking about the character of a Christian. God has been dealing with us about our character. We've also been talking about not quitting. In other words, the tenacity to keep going. A good start is not good enough. In other words, God is trying to build us up to another level of maturity because we're getting ready to move and not just move naturally. God is moving the body spiritually. Now, when we understand that God is shifting us, matter of fact, Pastor Obergon talked about last week also that by this time tomorrow, in other words, you can expect a blessing by this time tomorrow. Before we move, there's some things that we got we to gotta get done. Because I believe that God in this season has broken off some of these weeds that have been planted in this house to stunt the growth of this ministry. Follow me. So there's been people that have been sent to cause there to be discord, to cause there to be confusing, to restrict the body. And God said, no, I've broken that off. Now it's time for growth. And so now, whenever you connect it to a body, God just don't grow the head. The whole body grows. And so if I was you, I would get excited about growth because that means that growth is happening in my life. Yeah. 
And if you ain't seen it yet, God has given us ability to be aware so that we just don't wander through life and do church and stuff and don't think that God has a plan for our life. God is strategically lining things up in your life. You're going through what you're going through for a reason. This ministry is going to shift in this season for a reason. And that the reason being is God is trying to orchestrate things in your life. And if you're not careful, you will slip back to an old state of mind when God is trying to move you forward. You'll be entangled again with the yoke of bondage, which is sin. Can I be real with you now? So let's talk about this thing. What we're going to talk about for the next. However many Wednesdays uh, apostle give me until the Holy Ghost tell me to sit down. Which is this thing called out. Out. O-U-T. And it's out of the book of Exodus. So I need, a, I need Maria to D. Can you get to the. Are there any questions so far? I just want to lay that foundation because I, it's important that we understand where we've been. And where God is trying to take us. Okay? Now, out. The book of Exodus. Chapter 1. Now, we're not going to try to go through the whole book right now, but I think there are some key principles that God is trying to get us to see. Now, Exodus. The book of Genesis talks about the creation of the world. The book of Exodus is the birth of a nation. So it went from God establishing things in the earth, systems, uh, 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 principles in the earth to a birth of a nation. And so here it is in the book of Acts. Chapter one. Excuse me, Exodus. I jumped to Acts. <laughs> Not time yet. Thank you. I appreciate it. Exodus. Do I want to go there first? Let's start off with reading what, what I got right here. So introduction. The word of God is filled with God's truth and promises. As Christians, we have to understand that God desire for us to be free is to be free in every area of our lives and reconcile back unto him as sons and daughters of his kingdom. In God's words, he reveals to us his plan for us as well as the plan of the adversary. Jeremiah 29, 11 and 13. D, can you read that for me? And then somebody else. And then once we get done, we're going to read John 10 and 10. Jeremiah 29, 11 and 13. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 13. Jeremiah 29, 11. Jeremiah 29, verse 11 through 13. Yes, sir. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Yes. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Yes. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and ye shall seek me and find me. We ye shall search for me with all your heart. In other words, when you search for me with all your heart, God said, my promise to you this, as a body, as people, as believers, that he have great thoughts towards us, I'm paraphrasing, that when you seek him in prayer, he's going to guide us. Okay? Now, John 10 and 10. Yes, sir. The plan of the enemy. Yes, sir. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life 
and that they might have life and more abundantly. Yes, and so God in verse John, John chapter 10, verse 10, begins to lay out to us the plan of Satan. And so I think that we have to, well, I know for sure as believers that we have to recognize that whatever God promised to us, there's a counter. So there is an active enemy that is out and that is designed to destroy and limit your growth. There's, a, there's an enemy that does not want you to come into the fullness of the life, to have the abundant life. There's an enemy that's out that's trying to destroy your mind, that, that, that is trying to break up your family, that is trying to get you to throw in the towel. There is an enemy. And so God said, I did not leave you ignorant to the devices of Satan. And so many times we are wandering through life uh, kind of floating in the cloud and not really being made aware of the plan and the trips and the snares that the enemy has set in place. And, then, and what happens is we'll fall in tri trips and snares many times over. Now, let's, jump, let's go ahead and jump into the word now. So Exodus chapter 1, I want you to start reading at verse 6. And then I'll tell you when to stop, and then uh, we'll go from there. Exodus chapter 1. Verse 6. Yes, sir. I want to, yes. And Joseph died, and all his brethren, and all that generation. And the children of Israel were fruitful, and increased abundantly, and multiplied, and waxed exceedingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. Now there rose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. Okay, stop right there, deep. So, Exodus chapter 7 talks about how great the people of God had grew in the midst of it being in Egypt. And then it talked about in verse 8, I just kind of want to put you in a time, there was a new leader that rose up, transition in leadership, where it seemed to be restrictions, and, and they, they, they didn't know God. You, you kind of see where we're at now? Here in the current time, there's been change, and okay, keep going deep. Verse 7. Yes. No, verse 9. Verse 9. Yes. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. And it come to pass that when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us, and so get them up out of the land. Yes, yeah, stop right there, D. And so... When you look at Exodus chapter 9, excuse me, Exodus chapter 1 verse 9, the enemy recognized how great the people of God was. And so what he did was, this is the Satan's plan, and I need you to make sure you understand what the enemy has tried to set in place to stop you. But at the same time, God said, no, they can't stop you. So the enemy saw that the people were great. And before the people recognize their greatness, the enemy set systems in place to restrict God's people. And so I don't know if you really realize it, but when, when the people of God have identity crisis, it becomes the battleground for the enemy to set systems in place to stop you. And so what he does is the enemy will see that, yep, they're they're great. And if they really realize that how great they are, if they really realize Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, if they really realize that, then they're going to be able to defeat me. And so I don't want them to be able to do that. So let me set systems in place to restrict the people of God so that they won't see how great they are. 
So many times in our lives, the enemy sets out a plan to stop you from seeing how great God sees that you are. And you will sell yourself short because you don't realize the greatness that God has put on the inside of you. Many of our communities have succumbed to this system that the enemy has put in place. They say, listen, if these people really get a hold of how great God said they are, they'll be able to leave this land that I have established to limit them. And so let me set systems of economic systems, poverty systems, systems of, of, of restricted systems of crimes. Let me set this in place to restrict systems in place. Matter of fact, matter of fact, not only systems for, 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 for the people, but I'm after your children. Systems in your school. Let me restrict your ability to see how great. And so if we're not careful, we'll put systems in place or we'll allow the devil to put systems in place to restrict the church. We'll come here on a Sunday and we'll be such in a hurry to run out of here that that, that systems in place that people won't see the greatness that God sees. And so we have selfish motives and we'll run out of here just to get out just so the service can be over and there are people still bound. So the devil sets plans in place to limit you. And I need you to understand that. And so you wonder why people on your job fight you for no reason. You wonder why, why you don't like me. I even did nothing to you. Why you hating on me? It's a system that the devil set in place because if I get you to see, if the enemy allows you to see how great you are, you won't allow yourself to be subject to the system that he put in place. Do you see what I'm talking about? Now, we're talking about out. God has said this season, I'm causing you to be out. Out of every situation. Out of every place of bondage. Out of every place of hiding. Out of every place of fear. Out of every place of man pleasing. Out of every place of sickness. God said, I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out. I got to call you out because you can't be effective in the system. I got it. Thank you, sir. Is that making sense? And so what one of the tactics that the enemy uses is that I don't see my value. And I don't care if you got a title or not. I don't know how long you've been saved or you've been saved for 20 years or one day. The enemy will attack your identity. And it caused you to question your confidence and did, did God call me to do this? And so he set systems in place. He set people. And the Bible says he set taskmasters. Say taskmasters. The enemy. He set taskmasters. What are taskmasters? These are people or systems in place to burden you down. To cause you to be worn down with the things of this world. As a matter of fact, if we kind of just kind of zoom out of this, the whole issue with Israel in the, in, in the book of Exodus was this. God wanted to deal with the people because there was something that was affecting their worship. When God sent Moses to, to, to talk to Pharaoh, he said, let my people go. Why? So that they can go worship. And so whenever there's something in our lives that calls us to where it does not worship God to where it is, it becomes now a system to hinder us. And God said, no, I'm calling you out of that situation. I need you to come out of that place, that place where the secret sins, that place of cycles, that place where, where, where every time the enemy attacks you, that system, it calls you to be pulled back in. When I was talking to the... Uh, 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 the praise and worship. God had given me the illustration of a hook. 
and a fisherman. And so what God would be in to show me about the hook and the fisherman was this. I know y'all don't believe I'm country, but I'm from Atlanta and we talk country. And so we have country tendencies. And so I have fished before. Amen. So let me just dispel that. And so, so the way the hook work is this. So the hook alone does not catch the fish. And so the enemy knows that I can't, the enemy knows if I really come in here looking like the enemy, it ain't going to get you. But if I put a bait on there, and you can't use any type of bait, so certain bait attracts certain fish. And so what happens is this bait is put in place to disguise the hook. Because the enemy whole plan is to get you on the hook. Now, the way that works is this. So once you as a fish start swimming and when you find yourself in a desperate state, desperate. When you're desperate, you go after anything. And so you got to be very careful when God don't allow, where you allow yourself to be desperate. The enemy always want us desperate. We got to be in a hurry to do this. We got to be in a hurry to do that. And if you're not careful, you'll mess around and bite a bait. That's really a hook. Now, this is how it works, though. So once you bit the bait, whenever you're dealing with fishing, a real skilled fisherman, when you're dealing with a large fish, allows the fish to swim out so far. And then the, the fish will swim out so far. And then when the fish gets so far, it gets tired, it starts reeling it in. And then after a while, it realizes it's being reeled in. Then it starts running again. And so many times, that's in our spiritual life. We got hooks in us. Where the enemy, he says, yep, I got him. And we'll run and we seem like we're getting so far. He said, nope, I got him. I still got the hook. So let me reel him back in. And then when they get tired, you know, when you get tired, you slip back to your old state. Oh, I know I'm preaching in here this, this evening. I'm, the truth, anyhow. And so what happens is this hooks pull you back in. And so if you're not careful, you run out and you run back in. You run out and you run back in. You run out. And you run back in, and that could be very well your situation. Your finance can be like that. It can run out and run back in. Your health can be like that. It can run out and run back in. Your marriage can be like that. It can run out and run back in. Your, your children can be like that. It can run out and, be, and, and come back in. Your mind can be like that. You can run out so far, and you come back in. But God said, no, no, no. I'm trying to cause that hook to be broken off your life. And so when you really understand it, and so what happens is when a hook get a hold to a fish that's bigger than a hook, there's an ability to shake. Oh my God. I know it's Wednesday night and there's nothing wrong with shouting on the Wednesday night. But I tell you this, if we get into a place where we say, listen, this hook can no longer hold me. Matter of fact, I got to recognize that there's a hook in place that's been designed all these years to restrict me. But God said, no, I'm calling you. Oh, I got to call you out because no longer can I allow this hook because you seem like you're going so far. And the next thing you know, but when there's a wiggle, when there's a shake that's on the inside, listen to me, people. When there's a shake, you say, listen, I got to shake myself loose from this place because I can't no longer be caught in another cycle. My marriage can't continue to be in a cycle. One day we up, one day we're down. My children can't continue to be caught in this cycle. One day they up, one day they down. My finance can't continue to be caught. My mind, my self-esteem, it can't be caught in a cycle. So God said, I got to break the hook. Amen. And so that's the system. The enemy. He says, let's set taskmasters over them. Now, if I were you at this point, I'd be thinking, what are the taskmasters that are in my life? 
This ain't a place to say I got you. We talking about really being real because God is really trying to get us to go further than we ever been before. But you can't get to the promised land unless you get up out of Egypt. And so Egypt is not always just the world system. Egypt represent anything that blocks your worship of God. So if my finances is not worshiping God, it's in Egypt. If my children ain't worshiping God, it's in Egypt. If my devotion is not worshiping God, it's in Egypt. Y'all with me? And so here it is, the taskmaster. Now, let's go ahead. Any questions? Y'all talk to me now. Y'all talk back to me now. This word is good, I'm telling you. God is revealing the plan of the enemy. And I'm telling you now, his, his hook is being broken. Because God said, I ain't leaving you to the ignorant to the devices of Satan. Oh, I see you hook. You hook at work. The one that always seemed to try to attack me or, 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 or try to question my ability to be promoted. or, or Y'all know how those, they good with you as long as you sitting where you at. Let you try to get up and say, listen, I don't want to stay here. I want to I want to get promoted. Next thing you know, people you thought were cool with you, hating on you now. You're like, what is, I'm not even trying to get your promotion. I'm trying to get my promotion. And so God will reveal these hooks that have been set in place to try to trap you. And if you're not careful, if you allow your emotions to get in the way, you'll fall in the trap. That's a hook. I can't believe you talking, to me, you talking about me like that. Who you think you are? And then you blow up. And then they say, nope, she ain't qualified for promotion because she's a high head. Oh, uh, so it's a trap. It becomes a hook that the enemy tries to do. And so God said, no, I'm going to show you what you're dealing with. And when I show you what you're dealing with, you got to keep your calm. Because I'm bringing deliverance to that place. And, <laughs> God said, I'm trying to bring deliverance to that place. But if you don't see it in the spirit realm, you will forfeit your ability to be moved out. Yes. So, okay, okay. Help me, Holy Ghost. Faith. Uh, let me say this. So faith, I said, God, I think we misplace faith often. We'll put faith into material. But the Bible says that God is the author in other words, he started, he's the one that designed faith, and he's the finisher. In other words, he has the ability to complete a thing concerning my faith. And so lately, since I've been, uh, you know, started my new job, I've, uh, I've started commuting to work. And so what happens now is, once upon a time, I used to have to get in the truck, drive, figure out how I'm going to get there and all that. But now, all I have to do is have my my, my, my little pass that gains me access to the bus and all I got to do is read the bus and the bus tells me my destination and so just like faith oftentimes if we place our faith in the right thing in the word the word will tell us where our end destination will be if you place your faith into vehicles that are not profitable to you you end up in, in places that like how did I get it I got on the wrong bus <laughs> You, you, you with me? So sometimes you can get on the wrong way. People in your corner, people in your environment, you, you putting your faith in them, and you like, how did I? I thought you were down with me. I thought we were going this way, and how did we end up? Because you put your faith in the wrong system. God said, no, you, when you put your faith in the word, he will give you an expected end. That's why it's important that when we're coming together, we have to see our situation in the word. 
Because the word equips us to say, listen, though I'm in this situation, though they slay me, yet will I trust them. That no weapon formed against me will prosper. And when I don't see my situation in the word, I lose my ability to put my faith in a vehicle where I know the destination, where, where, where I know where the destination will be. And so that's what God is trying to get us to understand. And so when he tells us in this word that he set taskmasters, oh, what the enemy set taskmasters, he's telling us that this was not the end. What are you saying, Corey? Okay. Exodus chapter 11, excuse me, chapter 1, verse 11. As a matter of fact, let's go Exodus chapter 10. Go there right fast. Yeah, go Exodus chapter 10. I want to show you guys something. Is this happening to anybody tonight? Back up deep to uh, Exodus chapter 10, verse 8 and 9. And Moses and Aaron were brought again unto Pharaoh. And he said unto them, Go serve the Lord your God, but who are they that shall go? Okay. And Moses said, We will go with our young and with our old with our sons and with our daughters, mm -hmm. with our flocks and with our herds will we go. Mm -hmm. For we must hold a feast unto the Lord. In other words, we must go worship. Read, read, read verse 10 for me. Verse 10. Yes. And he said unto them, let the Lord be so with you, as I will let you go and your little ones. Look to it, for evil is before you. Uh -huh. Verse 11, I'm sorry. Not so. Go now, ye that are men, and serve the Lord, for that ye did desire, and they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. And so, what I wanted to show you there was this. Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh. Let me bring this in context. So, Pharaoh in the Bible is, 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 a, is a great depiction of who Satan is and his stubbornness and his, his, his rebellion. So you understand, and how he view God's people. They go to him and say, let, we want to go and worship God. Not only the men, but I want my family. Not only my family, I want my resources, my, my money. I want everything about me to go worship the Lord. And if you read in another version, I think in, in, in the New Living Translation, the Bible says that Pharaoh told them, no, I don't want, the only person I want to go is the men. I want you to leave your children. I want you to leave your money back here because I know, in other words, you, you see how the enemy try to attack you when it comes down here. So in other words, he said, I'll let you go in and worship in the sanctuary, but I want to keep your children stuck in the back. I want to keep your finances restricted because if I keep you there, I could keep you going back to. You see how the enemy, the enemy tried to trap everything about you, your marriage. Now, you can go worship, but not your marriage. You can, your children can go worship, but not. I, I hate the devil, y'all. Pray for me. I hate the devil because I'm telling you why. These are traps that he set in place. And so many times we succumb to them. And we don't really see how the enemy is trying to, this spirit of the taskmaster. And then, and then on the other hand, he'll say, okay, your family can go, your immediate family, but not your extended family. And so now you got brothers and sisters that are stuck. All, all you guys can go worship, but not that. 
That's how the enemy, all that can worship, you can worship, but not that. I don't, I don't want that to worship. No, I, I don't want that to be out. But I, and so they want to keep that snare, that hook. Turn back to chapter two. Now we're about to get into the meat and I'm almost done for tonight. I just want to lay that foundation because we're going to, we're going to pray for the breaking of this taskmaster. Off of the lives so that, so that we can understand that God's plan is greater than the plan of the enemy. Uh, go, go to um, Exodus chapter 2. Verse 1 through 9. We're going to read a little bit of that and then we're going to get ready to. Exodus chapter 2 verse 1. And there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. Mm -hmm. And when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could not, could not longer hide him, she took him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink and his sister stood afar off to wit that would be done to him and the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river and her maidens walked along by the river's side and when she saw the ark among the flags she sent her maid to fetch it and when she had opened it she saw the child and behold, the babe wept, and she had compassion on him, and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. Thank you. And so, what I want you to take a look at in this right here is this. Have you ever wondered why, how you made it out? You know, I'm convinced that this room right here is full of people that says, why, why was it me? And when you look back in your family, when you look back at your circumstances, your, 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 your circle of friends, why, God, did you choose me to make it out? In the midst of all that stuff that was going on back in there, matter of fact, we should have succumbed just like the other, other kids that were there. But somehow God's grace allowed us. It, it, it was nothing really that we did. It was just the favor of God that said, I chose you. Have you ever wondered why? God, why, how, how did I, out of my whole family, end up being the one, say, or why, did, why am I out of this whole group? Why, why, did, you, why did you deliver me? Why, what was it so significant about me? And, and, and if you're not very careful, you can be very pompous because you think you did something, but it really was only by the grace of God that you made it out. It was really by God's favor, and, 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 and he spared them because there was other people around you that were getting killed, but God spared you for a reason, and you need to know why. You remember early on I asked you that when you don't really know the purpose of a thing, you will miss, you will abuse a thing? Really, why? Why, why am I in the service today? Why did you ordain me? Why did you take me through what you took me through to get me to this place? Why? 
Why did you subject me to an environment or a world or an Egypt-type system where you caused me to learn something that my other family have no concept of? I don't know who I'm talking to in here, but I'm telling you. And so, and so what happens is we'll find ourselves trying to explain to our family, like my family has a hard time with finances. And, and God subject me to a system that teaches me about finance. And so I learn about that and I try to go back and tell them, but they don't know the why. Why, why did you allow me to have a house? And nobody else in my family had a house before. Why did you allow me to be saved when... Or why did you allow my marriage to survive when there's a history of divorces? Why, why, why did you allow me to be an over? Is, is anybody in the house ever asked God, why? Why? Why did I get here? Why? 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 Well, Moses, God allowed Moses to be saved, to be brought up in a system that God said, I want to later use. See, listen to me. See, God, you really can't be used by God until God brings you out. And so Moses really couldn't be effective until you got exposed to what you got exposed to because God was trying to bring you. He was trying to bring you out. And yep, you, you, you yep. And when you came out, when you came out of your your, your earthly environment, uh, 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 you may have not been all the way saved right then. So you did some things, and you you dabbed in some stuff, and but you find yourself being very successful, leaders across the house. But God said, "I brought you out for a reason. I spared you for a reason." And if you really don't understand it, you will be like Moses, stuck on the backside of a mountain, being comfortable. Because my house is saved and everybody is good and I'm back there on the backside of the mountain and I'm back there in Midian and, and, and I don't have to worry about that even though my people suffering. And God, you brought me out. And I know you brought me out. But there's something about the plan of God that God said, yep, I brought you out. But I didn't bring you out to be sitting on the backside of a mountain. I didn't spare your life that caused you to be stuck back there and you just to be enjoying your life and be comfortable and sit on the other side of Midian and sit on the other side of the mountain and judge the people in Israel. God said the devil is a lie. I brought you out because I, I, have, a, I have a word for you tonight and I, I, I want to visit you by fire. That's why you can't go back to your old state of mind. That's why God said, I got to break you off of the, the mindset of the taskmaster because there's a greater assignment on your life, leaders. And the greater assignment is this. There are some people that are in the wilderness and they're my people. There are some people that are stuck that's tied to your bloodline. There are some people, you can think about it, your brothers and sisters, why are you stuck in Egypt? Wow, how did you stop me? Uh, there, there may be some cases where your children are stuck in Egypt and you can be comfortable on this side and celebrating, having a gift and, and, and shouting about a gift up here. But God said, no, I didn't bring you out of that system that was set up to destroy you for you to be comfortable any longer. And there's no more church as usual because there's a wilderness cry that's happening right now. And if you're not aware of it, you'll be stuck in just being comfortable about who you are. God said, I'm calling you out. And when I call you out, 
God said, I got to break this system of the taskmaster off of your life. You've been stuck in Egypt too long. You've been, you, you, you've been, you've been tap dancing over stuff. You've been caught in a hook too long. And we come in Sunday after Sunday. And I got to listen. You may not have been aware of the taskmaster system. To suppress God's people. To get God's people to lose their identity. And so we'll trump it up to say, well, I'm saved. I got a gift. I got mine. But God said, no. That was never the call. That was never the purpose on why I spared you, Moses. Even though there was people all around you dying. But there was somehow the grace of God that brought him. There was some place where the mother had failed. I know I'm in the house because there are many of your mothers and grandmothers and parents. They had to give you up and didn't know what was going to happen to you. And you drifted down the Nile and didn't know where you were going to end up. But it was by the grace of God that God drew you out. And hallelujah, that he spared your life. Oh, Jesus. And so Moses on the backside of the mountain. Can I use a slang term? He's chilling. He, Moses, he has no care in the world. Everything is good. He's fruitful. And God said, no. Aren't you glad that God knows how to get your attention? He used a burning bush. And no doubt, I couldn't imagine it could have been a very much like tonight, a Wednesday night that he's coming in business as usual. He kind of walking around, just kind of doing this thing. He accustomed to a system. He accustomed to the way of life. And all of a sudden, over in the distant, in an inordinary time where it don't seem like God want to speak to you, he'll visit you on a bush. And God said, no, I can't have you comfortable on the mountainside. I brought you through too much for you to be stuck on a mountainside. Because there are some people that have succumbed to this new system of the taskmaster that I allowed you to be exposed to some things but I brought you out and I need to send you on an assignment that's your why it's bigger than us this love thing that we talked about about the fruit of the spirit the character of a Christian it's bigger it's even bigger than your family you remember I told you early on we have a leadership mantle on this house and before we get ready to move, God, God is, he ain't in the business of just trying to grow a church. He's trying to grow his kingdom. Amen. And I look across this room and I see all these Moseses. All of our stories are similar. How did I get out? How did I make it through? My friends lost their mind. There were people died. There were people that didn't make it to this point. How did I? How did, why did you let me go through what I went through, Lord? God said, because there's an assignment. And first of all, before we even get sent back, in order for you to be brought out, you can be very well like the people of Egypt. You could be the people in the wilderness that are crying out. And God said, I heard the cry by way of the taskmaster. That's why we don't have to despise trouble all the time. Trouble will push you to the presence of God. Trouble will cause you to get on your knees and call out. A, listen, trouble. Trouble will cause you to 
Thank you, Holy Ghost. God is causing even trouble in this season in your life because you've gotten comfortable in the state of Egypt. And God said, I got to shake some things up because if you're comfortable in this system, then it's going to be hard for you to kind of run from it. But when God said, I shake some things up in there with friends that you thought were your friends, ain't your friends no more. Or when things don't work the way they used to, God said, I got to shake some things up because you've gotten comfortable in the Egypt place. And I'm trying to get you on the other side of the mountain because there's a whole nation that I'm trying to give birth to that's caught up. That's held up because you and your pity party. I know it's hard. Listen, but the word of God is true. And God is trying to get you to see the bigger why. As we in the midst of this, the transition, we're standing all over the building. That's why at this point, we can't try to hide our Egypt. When you went through that 21 days fast, God showed you your Egypt. God showed you the things that seem to have a snare in your life. Just like I talked about the hook, God showed you that hook. And if you ain't very careful... Well, after the fast, we could have very well just kind of let our hair down and then went and bought the bait again. But God said, tonight I'm breaking the spirit of the taskmaster. I'm bringing the grace to deliver you out. But you got to be willing to say, Lord, I want to give it all to you. It's not an ordinary, it may be an ordinary Wednesday, but God said, no, I, I'll visit you when it don't seem to be. Because well, normally I, I wait to Sunday for that, but God said, no. If I look in the Bible, there was many times when God put a, a blessing in an in a, in a unordinary time. The woman with the issue of blood, she was she, she didn't supposed to be in God's presence because she's supposed to been been yelling out that, that I'm unclean. But that, that, that was a it was an unusual time. And she said, no, I can't wait for a, all the stars and the moons to line up. I got to get to Jesus now. I, I got to get there. I got to touch God's him now. You know, so so we got to understand that 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 as we're dealing with with God, we can't just eliminate ourselves to but we can only get this breakthrough on a Sunday. Y'all see what I'm saying? God is trying to expand us because there's people dying and he didn't bring you out to be comfortable and we shout and we run around the church and we get excited and then the people continue to die. And so God said, I want you out. And not only do I want you out, just like Moses went to Pharaoh, God said, I want you, your family, your finances, everything that pertains to you, I want to worship me. I pray right fast, Apostle. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just want you to lift your hands. God, first of all, God, we give you glory. We thank you that you are a God that provides. You are a God that's full of grace. You are a God, Lord God, Lord, that will allow us to be comfortable in our Egypt state. That you said in your word, oh God, that you come that we may have life and have it more abundantly. And so, God, we lift our hands and our hearts up before you, even on this Wednesday night. Oh God, thanking you, oh God, for your for, for visiting us to open in our eyes to see the devices of Satan. And so, God, I pray now, even now, in the name of Jesus, we repent where we've allowed ourselves to come unto the system. Where we've allowed ourselves to be comfortable. Where we've allowed ourselves to, to, to just kind of dwell in the Egyptite state. God, we surrender all seriously. 
that God, we want a full life. We know the benefit, the gift of salvation is life and life more abundantly. And so, that God, we pray that every area in our emotions, in our thinking, hallelujah, God, in our family, in our, uh, our heart, God, we give it all unto you. Let every area of our lives be brought out. Let every area in our lives be brought to a place of worship. That God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you're shaking our very foundation. That God, we're not returning into a comfortable state. But God, we realize that you have a promised land for us. And not only for us as an as a individual, but as for a body. And we thank you for a promised land for a nation. So God, we put our faith in the vehicle of your word. That God, we know and expect it in that you have desired. That you made us above and not beneath. That you blessed us in the city. And you blessed us in the field. And so we God, we commit man even this day oh God that our house will bless the Lord I hear your Holy Ghost and we pray against the spirit of stubbornness and pride that try to exalt itself in your presence God we we're nothing without you and so we give you permission to shake up our world and God we don't want you to deliver us so well for us to stay in Egypt because there's a place that you have for us. And God, we will obey your voice in this season. We thank you for breaking the hand of the taskmaster. I pray for the people, oh God, that you're calling us, oh God, to come to another level of maturity. We break the cycle of, of sin, the cycle of emotional instability, the cycle, hallelujah, of, of, of going back and forth, uh, the cycle of being stuck in a hook. We cut it by the word of God and we declare that we are free for whom the sun set free is free indeed, oh God. And so we praise your name on today that as a result of this encounter, oh God, that our lives shall never be the same. We declare and decree also that you've made it us as sons as is a call that we're able to discern the times and the season and uh, what you have us in. Uh, oh God, uh, we pray for the fire of the Holy Ghost. Uh, oh God, to, hallelujah, to burn afresh in us. Uh, in the name of Jesus, uh, we shall not return to the things of old. Uh, and God, we shall inhabit the new. Uh, we thank you that you made us new creature. Uh, be hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Uh, and so God, we move out of the place of comfort uh, and we move into the place of worship. Uh, oh God, in the name of Jesus. And so shake us again. We don't want a moment. We want a movement, God. We want this moment to impact a movement in our lives. A movement that will cause us to unlock our lips to speak unto people life. To speak unto people to say, hallelujah, a savior. And so we declare and decree that the spirit of the taskmaster, this system, we declare even as you sent plagues and, and lice, that you send judgment upon the works of darkness that have been set out to our bloodline to entrap our family, to entrap our finance, to limit our movement, to limit our growth. We declare, oh God, that you pronounce judgment on the work of darkness. Oh God, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you that we're calling us to come out. We thank you that the trouble that you allowed us to be subjected to put us to a place of worship. Put us to a place that we call on your name. And just as you said in your word, you heard our cry. And that you're sending the deliverance. And so we bless your name now in Jesus' name. Let the people of God say amen.